We've been to church. Amen. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I, also, I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestor has sent me, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being with us this morning. We thank you for being able to enter into your presence with praise and thanksgiving. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here with us as we worship your name. We ask now, O oh Lord, that you will add your blessing to your word that has been read as it is proclaimed. I ask, O oh Lord, that you will give us exactly what we need to hear from you. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. If you were driving down the road and saw a car on fire, you probably would stop to see what's going on. 
If that car was on fire, but it wasn't burning up completely, but the car was immaculate, but it was still engulfed in flames, you would pull out your phone and start recording because nobody's going to believe you. You would take pictures. You would go and do a TikTok and say, you are never going to believe what I'm watching because this car is on fire, but it's not being consumed. It's hard for us to even imagine what it must have been like for Moses on the day in which we read about in our scripture. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law father Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he was near the Mount, Mount Horeb, which was described as the mountain of God. By the way, you don't get a name like the mountain of God without God having shown up at that mountain before. Let's make clear that we understand that this place was special. We don't know how many times people had come to that mountain to worship God. We don't know how many times God had shown up at that mountain to speak to people or shown signs or wonders. But to get the nickname mountain of God, it means God had shown up there before. It's not the first time. The scripture says that Moses was keeping the flock. He's going towards that mountain. And when he is on the way, he sees a burning bush on fire that is not being consumed. And he decides that he needs to stop and see this strange thing that is happening before his eyes. Moses had to turn aside from what he was doing in order to go to the burning bush. He had to put his plans to the side in order to go check this out. He had to put away his schedule of what time the sheep needed to be somewhere else in order to stop and see what was happening with this burning bush. He had to change his trajectory and his direction in order to do this. Sometimes we just need to learn to turn aside. To turn aside from whatever it is that we're doing when God is trying to get a hold of us, when God is trying to talk to us, when God is trying to reach out to us. It's so easy to get scheduled out to the point that we don't make time for God. When something is out of the ordinary, we need to pay attention because it might just be God trying to get our attention. God called out to Moses from the burning bush when he saw Moses, Moses had turned aside. So when we make time to pay attention to God, he notices that. And he honors that. When you make time to be alone with God, he speaks to you because you have made the space available for him to speak. You have given the opportunity for him to manifest. Moses, Moses came the voice out of the burning bush. You know, God doesn't have to go, who's out there? He knows who you are. He knows you by name. He knows where you've been and where you're going. He knows everything about you. So when he calls out to him from the bush, he calls him by name, Moses, Moses. Take off your shoes. Because the place you're standing on 
is holy ground. Why was this holy ground? It wasn't just because it was a special mountain. It wasn't just because many people had worshipped in this place. It was because the presence of the living God was there in the bush as it burned before his eyes. Holy ground. Remove your sandals. Remove your shoes. Because there's something I want to tell you. Removing your shoes is a sign of reverence and humility and respect. It was a way of Moses acknowledging that he was before one who was holy and worthy of worship. He knew that what he was seeing was something he could not explain. God identifies himself. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This is a family God. This is a God of multiple generations. This is a God that is not bound by time, but is outside of time and has been there for generation after generation after generation, all the way back through the patriarchs to Abraham, who received the original promise. Well, when the God of all your forefathers speaks to you, it might make you a little bit scared. You might be a little bit intimidated. The scripture says that Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look upon God. He didn't even want to look into the burning bush. You know, these kids were ready to stick their hands in the fire. Moses was like, uh-uh, I am not even looking that way because I don't want to die. Remember, people thought if you see God, you're, you're going to die. You can't see him or you'll die. And so he's trembling literally in the presence of the Holy One as Moses, Moses comes out of the bush and all he can say is, here I am. He almost sounded like a kid in, in, in a classroom when the teacher calls roll and they just say, here I am, present. He couldn't say anything else. He just says, I'm here. It was almost like, what do you want? Am I in trouble? Would have been my next question. From the burning bush, God continues to speak to Moses. And you know, sometimes when somebody sets up a meeting with you, you think that it's about you. I must have done something. I must have said something. You know, I must be in trouble for something. And I wonder if Moses didn't think about that too. I, I wonder if he thought, you know, did I do something wrong before God? Why am I being called to task? But the meeting wasn't even about him. It was really about the people of God. God responded by saying, I have observed the mystery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard the cry, their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians, to bring them to a new land, good and spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then he tells them all the peoples of the land where they're going to go. And he says, the cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. You know, sometimes we think God doesn't hear our prayer or that somehow he's oblivious to our suffering or to what we're going through. But nothing could be further from the truth. God had heard the Egyptian, the, the Israelites praying and crying out to him for mercy. 
He had heard of what was going on in Egypt as they were being oppressed. And he says he comes down to deliver them, that he has great plans to take them to a better land, to a land that's going to produce plentiful for them. And you know, if I'm Moses and I'm hearing all this, I'm going, yay, you go, God. I'm glad you came down to deliver them. I'm glad that you're going to free them. But God wasn't done yet. He says, but Moses, now I'm going to send you to go and carry out this plan. And I'm, I, you know, Moses must have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was a great plan until you included me. Who am I? Who am I to stand before Pharaoh? Who am I to go and ask him to let your people go? I don't have any standing. I don't have any position that I can do that. In fact, I'm a fugitive. I did something years ago, and I had to flee Egypt, and I, I vowed never to go back. It's interesting how our first reaction to God's plan is usually but, but, but. Let's think about that for a minute, God. I'm not sure that I like that plan. The other thing we tend to do is, you know, I know a person that can do a better job than me. Let me point them out for you. You know, let me point you to my cousin or to my nephew or to that other person in church that I know would be really great for this. God, I, are you sure you have the right person? Ever said that? Are you sure you have the right person for this? Because I can think of 10 other people that are better than me for this job. I can think of 10 other people that are probably more qualified than me. And Moses felt at that moment that there was no way that he could do this. And what did God tell him? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Look at what God says. Before you even go, you already have the victory. Before you take the first step towards Egypt, I am telling you, you've already won. It's almost like watching a Braves game. You know, first pitch, we're going to win. You know, you know from the beginning what the outcome is. God was saying, look, you just have to go. I'm going to go with you. The other great thing about this is God never sends us anywhere where he's not willing to go with us. He never sends us anywhere unless he already has a plan of what he's going to do once we arrive there. He says, I am going to go with you. And God makes Moses a promise. One day, after you have delivered my people from Egypt, you will worship on this very spot, on this same mountain. It'll all come full circle. You will worship me in this mountain with the people. Then Moses said to God, well, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? What am I to say to them then? What Moses was really asking is, how are the people going to believe that you sent me? How are they going to trust me? How are they going to believe that you really are with me and behind me and supporting me in what you have called me to? You know, this is like when somebody says, give me the secret handshake so that when I get there, they'll know I'm in, an insider, part of the team. 
you know, if you know the secret handshake, then you're in. If you know the secret password, then you're in. You know, if you don't know that, they're not going to let you in because you don't know anything. And what he was saying is, I need to know what I should tell them when they ask me who sent me. And God responds to him saying, tell them that I am has sent you the God of your forefathers, the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, has sent, me to, has sent you to them. Once again, God identifies himself as the God of all generations. It was a way for the people to know that Moses was really coming, not on his own behalf, not on behalf of some other God of the lands, but on the one true God that had made a promise to Abraham and to every generation after that, that he would deliver them and that he would give them a promised land. With this phrase, the Israelites would know that Moses was really sent by God. I am who I am. It's a way of God saying, I'm the one that was, I'm the one that is, and I'm the one to come. I'm the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I have no describing features that, cannot, that can be even explained by human words. I just am who I am. It was God's way of professing to them that he was self-sufficient, all-powerful, all-knowing, and yet he loved and cared for them and had heard their cries. They could trust in him because he had made a promise to Abraham and he was going to keep it. In spite of all of Moses' buts and excuses for not going to Egypt, God sent him to free the Israelites. When God calls us to do something, he'll always go with us and help us to accomplish it. Moses probably felt that he was on a suicide mission. Have you ever felt like God sent you on a suicide mission? It's like, God, this is never going to work. And yet somehow, some way, God shows up and shows off. Moses probably felt it was a suicide mission because he felt that the minute he appeared before Pharaoh, Pharaoh would have him killed and would do away with him, and that would be the end of the story. But God had told him, you don't go alone. You go in my power. You go in my strength. You go as my mouthpiece, but you're carrying my word. You go as my messenger, but you carry my message. And it's really important for us to understand that Moses had to lay himself down in order to allow God to work through him. He had to say, it's not me, it's God. And he had to acknowledge that God was the one in control. Today, God is still calling us to go free those who are enslaved to sin and to death. He's still calling us to free the captives of addiction and depression and of all the different things that keep them from a good relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And God is still trying to get our attention. Have you seen anything burning around you but not being consumed? Might not be a bush, 
might be your job. It might be a health issue. It might be a situation where God simply got a hold of you and said, pay attention. I've got something for you to do. I pray that we're not ignoring the signs of what God is putting in our path. That as he calls us, as he did Moses my name, and he says, I need you to go do something, that we will not cloud the conversation with all of our butts, but that we will be willing to say, where do you need me to go? What do you need me to do? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. God is still in the business of sending people. He's still in the business of delivering those who are oppressed. And he wants to use us like he did Moses to deliver people into his promised land. How will you respond to his call? What are you willing to lay down and let go of? What are you willing to leave behind in order to follow what God is calling you to? I want to make something clear. Moses had a comfortable life. Take out the sheep, bring in the sheep, eat, sleep, and be merry. He had a family. He was far away from all of the tumult going on in Egypt. As far as he was concerned, life was good. And God said, leave it all behind and go put yourself in peril by standing before Pharaoh and asking him to let my people go. What are we willing to risk to bring someone who is oppressed by sin into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ? What are we willing to lay down? Is God calling you from the bush today? Today I'm going to open the altar so that you can pray about that. What is it that he is calling you to right now? What is it that he's trying to get your attention to focus on? What is he trying to tell you right now about your job, your relationships, your family, your church, your ministry, anything? What is God trying to tell you right now? And what do you need to do to hear the voice of God like Moses did on that day? The altar is going to be open as we pray. I'll ask the praise team to come up. And I just invite you to just listen for the call of God and what it is that he is inviting you to. There's no promise that it's going to be easy. In fact, chances are it's going to be hard. It's going to require some sacrifice. But all the good stuff requires some sacrifice and some giving up. Let us worship and the altar is open as we pray together.